traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Uh, I want to start with um, Peter to give us an assessment. Peter Roth, by the way, is a uh, political commentator and columnist with Newsweek. He is also uh, works with me at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity and helping put together our daily hotline. By the way, to get the daily hotline, that is free, folks. All you have to do is go to the Committee to Unleash Prosperity uh, website and sign up for it. And Peter is a very instrumental uh, editor to that as well. So, Peter, give us the what you think are the odds right now that Biden and uh, Pelosi and Schumer are going to get this terrible bill through. Do you think it's going to happen? I think the bill that has been sitting out there for a couple of months um, is dead. Uh, I do not think that they have the votes for it. I do not think that um, whatever Senator Manchin decides to do, that Senator Sinema of Arizona will vote for the higher corporate taxes that Biden's insisting on. Does that mean that Schumer, Pelosi, and Biden can't get to a deal on something? No. And and so the danger has not passed. So uh, it, it appears, Phil Kirpin, that, and by the way, Phil Kirpin is the uh, president of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. He is also, you see him on Fox News all the time. He's one of the world's experts on COVID as well. But before we get into the current situation with COVID, Phil, I wanted to ask you about what you think is the fate of these tax increases. We're hearing in the last 24 hours that it looks like these big tax rate increases on American companies and American small businesses, on capital gains, uh, all look to be in great peril, which would be a great thing for us, for the American people and for the stock market. So give us your assessment of where you think things stand with all the taxes that Biden wants. Well, Steve, the latest seems to be uh, that cinema has balked at rate increases. And uh, that kind of, to Peter's point, means that the things that were in the House bill uh, really can't move. However, they, they appear to be coalescing around the idea of replacing all of those rate increases with a wealth tax of some kind on uh, supposedly only on billionaires. Uh, but, you know, these taxes always start at the very top, at the income tax started the same way. And so I, I'm concerned that they might replace it with something that ultimately might prove even worse. But that's the latest rumor. Yeah, I don't understand how this wealth tax is going to work. I mean, I know that what, they, what they're talking about trying to do is to tax unrealized capital gains. So if you own stock, let's say, and it triples in value, so maybe you bought a, a bunch of stock at $100,000 and now it's worth 300000 they want to uh, they want to basically tax you on that $200,000 gain. Now they're saying, oh, they're going to only do this for rich people, but we all know anytime they try to raise rich tax on the rich, it, it affects all of us. But is that what they want to do? Is is tax the gains on these yeah, uh, they're assets? It, they're calling it 
they're calling it mark-to-market taxation of billionaires, and it's exactly what you said. Uh, they want to, on an annual basis, uh, for the richest people in America, have the IRS attempt to determine what the, their change in net worth was from the previous year and tax them on it. Three lies or not. Yeah, I just don't see how that's going to work, number one, technically. i just trying to determine what all, all of the stock and all the – you know, the ownership of all these companies that, that uh, some of these billionaires have. I, don't, I just can't see how they're going to figure that all out. But also, I would, you know, if you're somebody like, uh, you know, uh, Zuckerberg or, you, you know, you just become a Canadian citizen or you, you, you give up your U.S. citizenship to save, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to raise a lot of money on these things. Now, the other thing that happened this week, which seems to be a very significant development given that, we are on the eve of this uh, crazy, um, another one of these climate change summits. By the way, where is the climate change summit? Glasgow. Glasgow. So I was saying earlier on Larry Kudlow's show that it seems to me that the whole climate change agenda is just is just crumbling. It's crumbling. You Right now, it looks like China and Russia, two of the biggest polluters in the world, are not going to participate. And they're also two of the biggest energy users and producers. So, you know, how can you have a big climate change summit? The whole idea of this was that China and Russia and the big polluters were going to be part of it. Now they're saying they want no part of it. Um, <laughs> it seems like maybe the whole... What's that? Well, I think that's right. And I think that the other point to make is that uh, when you look at China right now, they just announced this week, we had an article on in our, uh, in our hotline this week about how China is going full speed ahead with coal. They want to build uh, more than 100 new coal-burning uh, fire plants, and that's going to be um, a huge increase in carbon emissions. At the same time, we're shutting down our coal plants in America, so I'm just not sure how this is going to work. Meanwhile, the global uh, production of natural gas is falling because the United States is producing less of it because Biden has declared war on fossil fuels, even though natural gas is a clean burning fuel. And one of the ways that the United States has significantly reduced its carbon emissions is by transitioning to natural gas. And yet the environmentalists don't like natural gas either. Uh, I have a, I'm going to predict to you that I think that this is going to be uh, a fiasco. I think it's going to be an embarrassment in, uh, in, in Glasgow. And I don't, I just don't think that they're going to be able to come away with any good headlines, but Bill, what is your sense on this? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Biden had been slated to go personally. He's now canceled that trip. They are sending, I don't know, 10 cabinet members, some enormous number of cabinet members. But, uh, you know, even if they announce some great new uh, wonderful global agreement, if everyone knows that China and Russia will, even if they make commitments, not abide by them in any way, uh, then the whole thing is sort of exposed as a joke. And even in the United States, uh, you know, we, we've got – 
environmentalists pushing in the opposite direction. And so in California, they're about to close down their last nuclear plant. They don't have the ability to replace that with anything carbon-free. They're going to end up using, if not natural gas peaking units, bringing diesel generators back online. So you just the, the green movement is sort of destroying itself. Um, and I think, you know, we'll see, but I think that Manchin's going to hold the line against most of the green energy provisions in this in this gigantic new spending bill as well. So, I mean, wait, wait, hold on. You, I, I want to make sure I understand you correctly. You think that Pelosi is going to prevail and get these these uh, draconian um, Green New Deal provisions? You think she's going to be able to get these in a final bill? I think that they're not going to get uh, most of what they want because of Mansion. They're going to get the spending yeah. side, the refundable tax credits for renewables. So they're going to get massive increase in subsidies for the most subsidized part of the energy sector, which they favor. Uh, but they're not going to be able to uh, really put the stick to fossil fuels the way they want to. So, you know, what's so interesting is if you look at what's happening right now with respect to the stocks of these energy companies, the fossil fuel companies, coal companies are doing really well. The oil and gas companies are doing really well. Um, Putin is, is loving life right now. And the irony of Joe, of Joe Biden's presidency so far is the industry that he hates the most is the one that is seeing gigantic increases in valuations because what's happened, folks, is as we're cutting the supply of coal and natural gas and oil at the very same time that there's an increase in demand, this is just the law of supply and demand, you are starting to see the price of these things go through the roof. I'm predicting that we're going to see 5 and $6 a gallon gasoline around the country. I know that in places like New York and California, they're already seeing gas prices that high. Coal prices are going up. And it seems as though everything Biden is trying to do on the energy front is simply shift production out of the United States of America. That means less jobs in the U.S. and shifting it to places like Saudi Arabia and Russia and creating the jobs and the wealth there. I don't understand the logic of that, folks. I don't understand the logic of building pipelines from, uh, you know, Siberia, Russia to Germany, but not being able to build pipelines from North Dakota to Houston. Bill, is there good news? It seems like there's a lot less talk about COVID now than there was a month ago. Have we turned a corner? Yeah, really good news. The southern wave that was so large in the summer crashed as rapidly as it rose, and the south now has the lowest infection rates in the entire country, which uh, doesn't get quite the same national media coverage as when they had the highest. Uh, But essentially, uh, we're near record lows almost everywhere. There's one sort of stripe up the sort of the Rocky Mountain region uh, from New Mexico up to Montana that has kind of high cases right now, so Colorado. Uh, New Mexico, Wyoming, Montana. But that's basically it. Everywhere else is near record lows. Of course, you know, the big question is, will it rise again in the winter? Uh, I don't think anyone really knows for sure how that's going to go. And so there's a lot of sort of anxiety about that. But at the moment, uh, it's pretty much all good news. So uh, a couple of questions. Um, Is it necessary at this point uh, for people to be wearing masks? I was outside this morning at a park with my kids, and I was surprised to see all these little children running around with masks on, uh, even still. Uh, what, what is the best um, health advice in terms of the um, whether we should be wearing masks or not? Well, I'm not a big proponent of masks in general. I think they have at best a very, very minimal effect on trans- 
management. They're very disruptive. And so I'm not a fan of math. I will tell you, Steve, that here in Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, we are four days away from the official lifting of the mask mandate if cases stay on their current trend. So that'll we'll see if that actually changes people's behavior, but it will not, in fact, uh, be mandatory even indoors in Montgomery County in four days. Uh, you know, the uh, the vast majority of the country now doesn't have mask mandates. Uh, there are a few places that still do. I've not seen anything anywhere in the data showing that there's a difference overall in the course of the virus in places that do and do not mandate masks. I think that you know, if you have a very high-quality mask that is properly fitted and uh, you're very, very careful about always having it on and it's always sealed tight to your face, you probably derive some benefit from that. But the way most people wear them, it's more for show than anything else. So um, I want to ask you both. Uh, I also have Peter Roth on the line. Peter is uh, the uh, political um, commentator and, and contributor to uh, Newsweek. Uh, Peter, there's been a lot of controversy over these um, vaccine mandates. I'm hearing more and more businesses who are saying we are not going to comply with these mandates. Uh, what do you think is happening with this? I, you know, I'm not really sure. It, it, it seems to be organic. You've, you've had work stoppages and people walk off um the lines in 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 both blue collar and and what we might think of as more white collar jobs, um, I I think that people frankly are sick and tired of being told what to do. Right. They're sick and tired of being told what to do, even when it's in their own best interests. I am double right. vaccinated. I will get the booster shot. I think that getting the vaccine is a good idea. I don't think that people should be compelled to do so. Yeah. Um, Phil knows more about the science about this than I do, but it seems as if you can... Yeah, look, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I I think people are offended by the idea that the government's going to require you to get a mandate uh, to to, to, uh, get a vaccine. I am vaccinated, uh, and uh, I think people should be vaccinated if they're adults uh, because I think it's still good for your health. But, Phil, you know... What is the latest on the effectiveness of the vaccine? Because we hear different things now that maybe the effects are wearing off. Uh, should people yeah. get be getting boosters? I know a lot more people are getting the booster shot. Do you, do you think that that a, is an effective uh, way to inoculate yourself from this uh, virus? The, the protection is definitely waning significantly in seniors in particular, and there's Medicare data that shows this pretty clearly, which is why the uh, booster recommendation was issued when it was. Um, you know, it was a little, it was handled poorly, and they sort of trumped the uh, normal FDA officials, and uh, it, was, it was a bad process that didn't inspire much confidence. But based on what we've seen subsequently in the Medicare data, uh, I think that it is a very good idea for seniors to go ahead and get the booster if they have not had the virus. I think if they've had the virus itself, it's much less important because that seems to be a very durable immunity, which we're also seeing in that same Medicare data. But if you are a senior and you have not yet had the virus, I would definitely recommend the booster. And, you know, the for younger people going kind of down the age chain, it's a little bit more questionable just because we don't have all the data yet. But, you know, you might want to consider it if you're close to you know, the, the line on that as well. And Steve, if I could offer a, a point on the mandate question, uh, we don't have the OSHA rule yet. That is still waiting at OMB. We don't know what it's going to look like in its final form, but we do have the contractor order, 
And the contractor definition is very broad. It's basically any company that does any business with the federal government. And the contractor order does not have a testing option. There is no alternative. It is take the shot or you're fired uh, unless you can qualify for a religious or medical exemption, which they're being very stingy with. Uh, This is going to be hugely disruptive to national security as well as to the economy. So I really think that we need to put pressure on the Biden administration to at least add a testing option to that before the effective date, which is December 8th. And that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah. You you know, you raise a really good point. That's Phil Kirpin uh, with the Committee on Unleashed Prosperity and American Commitment that uh, we now have a pretty severe labor shortage in this country. We're seeing it with the supply chain problems. We see people stocking up uh, uh, I have a good friend who went to Walmart the other night and said it was so packed they could barely get in. Everybody's taking every piece of merchandise they can find before the, the, uh, the shelves are empty. And, uh, and so what's making this problem worse, uh, I was on a Southwest flight last weekend and it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, canceled because of the walk-off by a lot of the pilots because of the, ma- the in protest of this vaccine mandate. People feel very strongly about this, but, it seems to me, Peter, this is the worst time to be, you know, encouraging people not to go to work. It, 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 well, there's never a good time to encourage people not to go to work. That's the that's the first thing. And and frankly, if you if you look at the if you look at the Democrat uh, the Democratic platform, what the president is advocating, if you look at the job numbers of, of what's going on, we have two we have two Americas now. We have one America in which you're encouraged to go to work, and we have one America, most of them blue states, where you're encouraged not to go to work, and we will yeah. subsidize, the government will subsidize your ability to stay home. I don't know really what, what that's all about, except that when you take it all together, everything that we've talked about, the ability, you know, the, the, the desire to eat the rich with wealth taxes, the desire to end our mobility as a society by phasing out fossil fuels and, and and this nonsense about not about about workplace rules that unions are going to enforce joe biden is trying to take us back if if not to 1975 to 1935 when the roosevelt administration was slamming all this stuff on the private economy and and with the with the new deal and prolonging not ending, as Amity Schles has proven in her brilliant book, The Forgotten Man, prolonging the Great Depression. These policies, these socialist policies, these big government socialist policies don't work unless you're trying to wreck free market capitalism. Well, yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, you look at what's happening now with this bill. One of the things that I object most, folks, to this terrible, horrible, horrible bill that I call Govzilla uh, that has a $4 trillion price tag. It's just a massive expansion of government in our lives. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 